Hello everyone and welcome to the Spacebar Podcast. I hope you're all well. I'm Pete Robertshaw and on this uh, kind of bonus episode of the Spacebar Podcast, uh, we're doing a bit of a wash up of uh, what went on the Big Commerce Emir Partners Summit, uh, which was last week, I've lost track of time. Um, but we'll be discussing some of the key takeaways from the event, uh, what Big Commerce has been up to over the last 12 months and kind of what the plans are for the near future. Uh, to cover this, I'm joined once again by Stephen Keneally, who's Strategy Director at Space48, and John Waddle, who's the founder and MD of Space48. Welcome again, gents. Thank you, Pete. Hey, Pete. It's good to have you on. Um, so let's get into this then. So yeah, so the few of us went down from Space48 to the Big Commerce Amir Summit in London last week. Uh, and I want to say like, what actually a great event it was. Um, I was there 12 months ago at the same event. I think it was 12 months again, time flies. Um, and it's interesting to see again how much the kind of partner community or the tech partner community has grown with Big Commerce. Like, I think uh, the very first one I went to in 2019, there was probably about 100 people maybe in the room max. This year, I think we had over 300. So at one point, it was a really, really busy event. Uh, really well laid on, some great talks. Um, just for me, again, the networking side of it and being around you know, your peers in, in the ecosystem was really good. So um, I guess one thing as well this year as well, it wasn't just the UK Partner Summit, it was the EMEA Partner Summit, which again shows, I guess, Big Commerce's intent, which we'll, I guess we'll come on to in this. But um, I guess, Stephen, how, you know, first come to you, how, how did you find the event overall? Yeah, uh, I'd second that. Um, just p- for pure size and scale, um, it was by far and away their their biggest EMEA summit. I think there were some European partners at the one in London mm. this time last year, but certainly you can see, like it was a really kind of interesting example of how the big commerce business unit in EMEA had grown over the last 12 months or so and how they have uh, planted flags in Spain, Italy, the Netherlands, the Nordics. Um, yeah, you can just start to see France, I think, as well. You can just start to see kind of agency communities starting to build up in those local regions. The fact that they've hired kind of partner managers in those regions. There's obviously boots on the ground, salespeople. So, yeah, and I think like at some point, Jim... Um, Jim kind of showed some of the kind of like the headcount change, the the revenue numbers coming out of Europe and stuff. And, I, and that is a cl- kind of clear indication that, you know, the region is booming and the, um, you know, that they're, they're, the, the, the business is getting real traction in Europe. And that was kind of like, you know, kind of one of the biggest takeaways for me. The other one was, um, and we'll probably get onto this later on in the podcast, but just the um, the number of kind of technology third parties that are con- now connected, yeah. and in, and in some respects, kind of like that that links into you know kind of Brent Bellum's keynote around their strategy to be like an uh, their purpose, their noble purpose to be an open commerce platform. So in order to be an open commerce platform. Um, you kind of need to have a lot of technology partners that are, um, you know, easy easy to integrate with and vice versa. Um, and so, like, for me, those two takeaways, the complexity of that technology market, the amount of choice available to merchants to satisfy whatever use cases they need at various levels of complexity and investment. Search, for example, you can do search in lots of different ways now because there are so many search platforms available to integrate into big commerce. Um, so, yeah, they were the two big ones, that size and scale in Europe and then their reach in terms of 
third party technologies. Yeah, I want to touch on that on the open commerce bit uh, in a little bit. Um, I want to dig into that a bit more. But uh, John, hi again. You know, you've been to the event for the last couple of years. How did you find this year? Yeah, I agree with what you've both said. I thought it was a really good event, and I actually think the event itself was um, a very good physical representation of where I think the business unit is at right now. And when I say business unit, I mean specifically what they're doing in uh, Emir. Um, we know how successful it is in the UK, but then you can see from the attendees what success they're having internationally as well. Mm. I spoke for, with partners from Italy, uh, Portugal, the Netherlands, and you can really start to see it growing and developing. So um, the event itself as a physical representation for me personally, I tend to use it a bit as a, as a bit of a gauge of where I think the business the business is. Like you said, when we went a year ago or even two years ago, where where was it then versus where it is now? So you can really start to uh, see it evolving in a very positive way and developing successfully. I do find myself comparing it to other e-commerce technology platforms that we work with and where their events went over the years and where they were at in that technology cycle. Uh, and it does look like the the sort of I guess the purple patch that they're they're having right now is is set to continue based on the the way that the event felt. Let's just say that. Um, uh, I think in, Stephen makes an interesting point as well around the the attendees to the event uh, in terms of technology partners. Um, as Stephen said, the uh, and, and Brent had said in his keynote about it being uh, big commerce being an open commerce platform. I think that's a huge strength of big commerce, mm. um, and their partner network is very impressive. But not only that, what's more impressive is the way they do partnerships. Um, I was fortunate enough to go to the exec uh, breakfast uh, when we were there, um, and, and Brent was speaking along with Jim and, um, and Megan and others as well. And it was really interesting to, to hear them talk. And my, my question that I had to them was, well, you, you're the best in the business, in my opinion. Big Commerce are the best in the business in terms of the, the partner network that they're created. Mm -hmm. They they say it, they believe it, and they follow through on it. I think with that great strength, as you alluded to, Stephen, does come a challenge in terms of delivery, the complexity of that partner network, and if the I mean, even as a client or a merchant, the choice that you've got for what you could choose to do with the platform is, well, it's complex. Like there's, there's lots of different routes you could go. Um, not particularly comfort, comforting when you're the agency at the end of the road True. trying to think about okay, well, how will we deliver this thing and how do we guide this in the in the in the right in the right direction? But um, I think they're doing a lot of great things and there's, you know there's a, there's huge positives from that as well. But I think as the uh, as an agency, we have to be uh, our skill and success will be about how how well we can navigate that. Yeah, it's that that. That, I, I agree with you. Obviously, we've been in the partnerships side of the business at Space 48. Like, I see that every, everybody's getting on board now. They're seeing the opportunity of big commerce. The amount of partners that we get our tech companies that we get approaching us now as kind of big commerce as partner of the year, like, they see the opportunity and want to work with us because they know that if we get, get in with us, we can implement that tech and we're going to, we're going to recommend it to customers. So, yeah, that, that, that slide, they had a slide which they showed all the tech partners and it's like, it's that, there's so many of them you just can't, you can't see them. But it's like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how we do this now. I think it, you know, uh, Stephen and I have been chatting about this for a little while now because we've seen this partner uh, network developing and there's, like I've said, there's lots of strengths from it. But I do think as the decision maker or the buyer, so the, the merchant or the client um, or the e-commerce person, individual decision maker, um, they have, they've got a completely different decision to make now. So if we went back a few years ago, I think for what it's worth, 
the decision would have been made quite simply around, okay, which e-commerce platform should we work with? And, and we know as agency folk that people would come to us and say, I want to build a big commerce website or whatever other platform it might be. And we'd say, okay, cool. And off we'd go and they might say, and which, which search provider should I use and which personalization tool should I use mm -hmm. and which ESP should I use? And the decisions more or less made themselves. I think that decision-making process is really starting to change where people are making uh, decisions um, on this new, this new sort of frontier where they go, okay, well, actually I want to use this for headless or I want to use this for CMS or I want to use this for my search tool or I want to use this. And that architecture, the e-commerce platform architecture and supporting uh, third-party technologies is really starting to change, which changes the uh, decision-making of the, of the buyer, depending on, I guess, how complicated they want to make it as well. Yeah, there's the, it's, there is a wealth of choice. And I guess, from my point of view, that's where, I guess, us as an agency would, would hopefully come in and, and if they're working with a partner agency like us, asking for our advice and, and get still guide them. Again, it's, they might come with the preconceived ideas, but hopefully an agency like us can actually try and guide them into actually, well, we've, we know this stack works. But like I say, it's for us, it could be any number of things now. And we get asked to work with technology all the time that we've never looked at before because clients have seen it before in another platform or whatever. And it is, like you say, it's it's like a smorgasbord now of all these different, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the way, the way I like to describe it, and all these parts. And it's in every it's in every single part of the tech stack, like from payment, search, and I mentioned, it's literally, there is so many, it's such a competitive landscape now in that in that industry. Um, yeah. It I, must I, be really hard to, you know, um, I guess hopefully that's where agencies like Space48 do come in, or Big Commerce do come in as well, like our success will be, how good are we at, are we at helping uh, the customers or the merchants navigate that so that they make the right decisions because guess what they're, they're not just being sold to by the e-commerce platform they're being sold to by all the different technology partners that we know that exist around the space and um, that in itself is is, uh, is is a challenge to navigate yeah I, I think I'd hate to be an e-commerce manager again now having to go back back when I by my days it was easy with a few again like I said there's a few platforms you're kind of not forced into the way you're going to go but now it's like where do you start? Um, okay, cool. So your Brent did an opening speech. He did kind of keynote. Uh, he kind of talked about you know what's been going on the last twelve months. He focused very much around uh, a lot of the, the sort of Forrester and Gartner and how kind of they've been repositioning themselves. Like, uh, what have you seen maybe change over the last twelve months? Or again, you know, could you could you associate with what Brent when was talking about in that, in that keynote in terms of what's gone on the last twelve months? What have you seen? Enterprise, to me, um, their move into the enterprise space is just. You know, it was like kind of, I think what Brent kind of spoke about in terms of his involvement in the platform back in 2015 and his like, you know, how do we create a point of difference? Like, what, what are we going to mean to merchants? And they had some clear choices to make around the direction that travel that they wanted to take. And it was, it's obviously been a long journey, but like they're, they're really close to, um, you know, completion on that mission, I would have thought, or certainly a long way down the road in terms of even if you can see where they're positioned by the the, the analyst companies now, um, they have firmly positioned themselves in the enterprise space. Um, and I think their acquisitions most recently of uh, Bundle B2B and B2B Ninja, again, like that, that kind of just, and we know ourselves ha having kind of worked on a number of those a number of projects with merchants that have looked for kind of B2B capabilities. It just creates a whole new kind of point of difference mm -hmm. for them in the enterprise space. Um, so for me, it kind of crystallized um, their, t this last event kind of crystallized their strategy. Um, it, it, it's become kind of like, I think they've been kind of, 
whether they've known themselves or whether they've been and they've been teasing it all the way along or whether they've been working it out as they go it feels like 2022 is kind of the year where it's painfully obvious to agencies and merchants the direction of travel mm. uh, and their like their roadmap i'm sure we'll get into it at some point on the pod but you know their roadmap is impressive you know they've really you know they've got kind of mac alliance certified they're playing in in they're playing in in big boy territory now yeah. which is kind of like you know certainly you know not what you would have said about the platform back in 2018 so, you know 2017 2018 maybe even 2019 you know the idea that they would come up against you know uh, a sales force would kind of been laughable mm-hmm. you know and to see them kind of like you know win business in that space yeah. is uh, is kind of testament to the strategy testament to the internal team testament to the folks in Ukraine in like incredible incredible circumstances they they talked a little bit about that the way that the, the team in Ukraine have really kind of come to the party over the last 12 months um in you know incredibly uh difficult circumstances and driven that roadmap through over the mm-hmm. last few months um and I don't expect anything other than them to continue um I think their open architecture is the most interesting part of the platform, though. Like that, to me, is going to enable enterprise commerce. Um, and just like John said, you know, we've been talking about this for the last while quite a bit. Is this is the inherent complexity? It's like a it's like the blessing and the curse. You know, it's the inherent complexity in being so open um, for both merchants and for implementation teams like us as an agency, and making sure that we can direct. The, the the merchant in the right to, to to make the right decisions about the stack that's right for them um and then headless which we might have a whole other topic on that's a whole other podcast yeah. and i know this one being recorded whether it's been published yet i don't know but yeah like that that open mac alliance piece uh you know them being genuinely part of a composable architecture mm. is um it just and it seems like enterprise now has moved entirely away from the idea of a monolithic structure. Yeah. It's like you know, nobody wants to talk about that in, in in 2022 anymore. The idea that you would go and buy a platform and assume that it's going to look after 90% of what yeah. you need is just, it's just, I want best of breed. Yeah. And the big challenge is like, how, how are we going to manage that in the future? You mentioned what, you know, I think we've, we've mentioned what it means for, uh, you touched on it there, implementation partners and what challenges it brings to us. Um, I personally think, and something I'm going to watch really closely, is how might the agency landscape, implementation landscape, and also consultant landscape, how might that evolve and change to complement what's going on? Yeah. And personally, I feel like there will be some decoupling that happens within agencies and implementation partners and consultants. I think that has to happen because you'll need specialists in different areas. Now, I'm not saying that that means the end for solution implementation agencies like Space 48, but what I, what I, I think we already see um, is the various different third parties that are being implemented. What level of consultancy and pre-sales and after-sales have some of those third parties actually got? So if you're an ESP or a search solution or you offer some level of merchandising, I think it's easy enough for us as an agency to go, 
to say, no problem, we can plumb that together mm. and we can make it work. But to really make it work properly, you actually need strategic consultants that know that product inside and out. And as an agency, it's really difficult for us to carry all those skills that you'd actually need. So I think the emergence of either decoupled agencies where they've got specific skill sets around, let's say, PIM or search or email or whatever it may mm. be, I think we'll see that. I think we'll see that more and more over the coming coming years. In my opinion, um, I'll, be, I'll be watching interestingly uh, to see that happen. I think we've started seeing a bit of that already. Like a lot of the sort of tech partners we work with don't want to necessarily offer that sort of that sort of. Again, they'll sell, sell the product, but they don't want to do the ongoing like servicing, or they want again they don't they don't know the business or be the retail industry as we operate in very, that, that that well. So we've seen that again with like we see that with with PIM, for example, we see it with ESPs and, and CDPs. We see that, again, they just want to not say sell the license. That's what they know. They're not, they're a, they sell software, right? They don't want to say, well, then go and educate you how to use it. And it was just, which is strange really, because you want, you want to make customers sticky, but we're starting to see that a lot of tech partners I work with, I definitely often like space, can you take on the professional services? You know? And we, we know we're training people internally at space now. And, and, and like I said, a multitude of different platforms, whether it's PIM or CDP or whatever. And it's, if you're right, it's, it, there's a lot of different skill sets and it's, it's, you can see what you mean in terms of breaking that up. It, it makes total sense and th those third parties are only as good as the implementation it's true it's like they really are um you know put plumbing it in and the way it's plumbed in and then the ability of the internal team to be able to make the most of it it's sometimes money down the drain you know because actually the the, the platform's been put in and there's like a really small e-commerce team you know, and they actually stick it in there and they don't use it. They don't use it to its 80-20 rule, you know. Mm. They don't end up t making the most of it. And I think the, I think you're right. I think that's where an agency um, really understanding the architecture and the possibilities of a platform and getting really specialised training from those third parties and the ability to be able to really help the merchant to make the most of what they've got because they've made that architecture decision for really good reasons yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but for all sorts of other reasons they may not necessarily be able to make the most of it yeah, yeah. you know and we see that over and over again um so yeah i think i think i think um the complexity of an architecture and making that architecture work is going to be i think a theme over the next you know, two or three years of, you know, the wave of projects and and replatforms that we're going to see um, coming, coming into Space 48 and other agencies in the space. The other perspective that I had on, on, the, on this subject is um, I reminded myself of where we've come from in our background. And what I mean by that is historically Space 48 built as a very tech agency working with a monolithic platform so it was expected that we did everything mm -hmm. but that was in some way dictated by the technology that we work with yeah yeah it's changing because of SaaS. it's changing because of this partner network that we talk about but if you actually speak to other agencies that have perhaps been born in the SaaS space it's more common that you would see that they're already decoupled it's more common that you would speak to another SaaS agency and they would say okay well this this particular uh, business or agency or consultants delivered the um, business analysis, the strategy, the consultancy, the data migration, the content plan, etc. This particular agency delivered the design and build, mm -hmm. and it was just the theme and the apps that were needed. This third party did some more of the consultancy, and then this other other agency did the integration piece. Mm. So to us it does seem very different because that's not where we've come from. So I'm just saying that 
um, my perspective is to us it might feel new, but there are some other agencies out there that I think they've been born in this way yeah. and they actually don't know any different. So yeah. um, maybe there's an element of us being around a, a, a while and being a little bit bald and grey maybe. But um. <laughs> Yeah, and, we, and, and to be fair to Space 48, we've built up those internal capabilities within our business. You know, like that's, that's we can actually deliver a lot of what... It was expected. Yeah, because it was... The because technology of, that because we came of, from. Because of what's, what's expected is probably... Part, part and parcel of the reason why we've grown the way we've grown over the last two or three years is because we've been able to expand our service proposition to, to merchants and been able to deliver lots of different um, services to, to, to customers across kind of complex bills. But yeah, like who's right and who's wrong? It's worthwhile yeah. shouting out um, um, like Minaj and the uh, Solution Architect team as well and how it's something that big commerce do well, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, and initially, when we first started working big commerce, I don't think it was something that Space Forty Eight did very well because we didn't know how to do it. Yeah, we come from a background of another technology, more monolithic, and we were used to being left to our own devices mm. and just figuring it all out. Um, the experience with big commerce is very different, and that was something that we had to adapt to as well. I'd say they almost. I remember a conversation with, I think it was. It could have been Jim or it might have been even Mark, Mark Adams back in the day. Um, but it, it, it was along the lines of why are you not, why are you not engaging with the pre-sales team? Yeah. And we were like, well, do we yeah. need to do that? Is that, mm, is yeah, that normal? We weren't, used we, to it, we, right? we weren't used to it. So that, that, um, that has been a change for the business. But I think if, you know, for, for other agencies that might be listening or potential uh, merchants that are looking at big commerce, I think engaging that pre-sales team, the, the, um, the, the business analysis that they've got there to a certain extent, their understanding of how they might execute a project based on big commerce, based on their experience, is actually really valuable mm. to have, to have um, that, that uh, additional resource to rely upon. And, and I definitely think it helps make better decisions about how you execute against uh, an RFP that you might be looking at. Yeah, it's amazing actually sometimes when we've, we've gone to them with like a complex challenge and they they just figure it out they just they well actually well yeah it's not natively done you can't do natively apply, but actually there's a way around it here this is a way we could just go that they're really good they're really good at that and it's really good product people yeah really good product people like they really get it they really they're they're because it you know that's that's a they've seen it over and over again with mm -hmm. so many different merchants and they're really willing to to share their experiences of you know what works well with what merchant with yeah, a, yeah. And merchants in specific sectors as well, um, yeah, like the, it'll be key to their growth to continue to invest in that solutioning team. Yeah, you know, and and it'll lead to more successful implementations if the, the that kind of analysis piece at the start is done right yeah. and done and also I think done right with the agency in mind. Correct. So yeah. you know, you know, teaming up a merchant with the right architecture, um, uh with the kind of the solution set up by a big commerce and a solution person maybe within an agency to the benefit of the merchant is going to be critical to the success and that that's happening earlier and earlier in the process mm -hmm. i feel yeah. like sometimes we would kind of be working stuff out maybe in discovery where actually architectures are kind of being set earlier on because um big commerce or the merchant themselves themselves may have kind of like a fixed mindset of of what they want for their stack internal it teams are becoming way more aware of the third-party solutions that are out there because those third-party tech companies are marketing directly to e-com yeah, managers yeah. you know yeah yeah well um it's probably worthwhile mentioning uh tom robertshaw as well and yeah. the the panel that he sat on 
I think I don't want to misquote it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take a stab in the dark that I think it was how to grow your big commerce practice. So this was um, big commerce and a couple of people from agency like Tom was Tom being one um, talking about the things that you need to do to grow out a big commerce practice. Uh, if nothing else, I think that's really inter interesting content to include in in the conference, and it's a again a sign of um, big commerce's intent to work closely with the partners to work closely and help agencies develop in a you know very supportive and collaborative way like they do i think again I, you know sounds like i'm blowing smoke but they they do they do a very very good job of that um the talk itself or the panel discussion was really interesting there was various different topics discussed and shared and tom covered you know the people that you need to hire the critical hires that are needed the departments that you need to create the playbooks that you need to create to be successful um, and they also brought Manoj uh, onto onto stage, and he talked about some of the things that his team does in terms of supporting pre-sales. And I think there's a couple of couple of things that stood out to me. Um, one in particular was around data migration, mm. and I didn't know this, but they have a data migration team. And uh, and as an uh, an agency person, I thought to myself, well, that'd be a huge <laughs> help. But I didn't I didn't realise at the time. Um, so. Uh, it was a question I actually asked about that and, and, and a point that we made of saying, you know, anyone who was listening in the room, um, having someone to assist with data migration, um, which so often, Such a or let's just yeah. say, let's just say... <laughs> Nobody likes it. Let's just say 99% of the time, in my opinion, <laughs> it's completely overlooked as, as, as such an important task. Um, so I just, I just, I just shouted, you know, give them a shout out again on that because, you know, knowing that they have that data migration team, I think as, as, as you know, solution implementers or, or if you're a merchant thinking about it, that, that shouldn't be undervalued because you think about the various platforms that we might move someone from mm. to big commerce. Yeah. And that data is never usually in the best of states. No. It needs, um, let's just say at the very least, it, lead, it needs cleansing. And in an ideal world, world it would be enriched to make the most of that migration so that you can get the SEO list from doing it. You can present a better product catalog. You can get rid of some of those issues that have existed for years. And if you spend and invest that time, we all know that it's only going to help the overall performance of the website, um, both in terms of the way it works from a user perspective, but clearly how it also helps these various different third parties that you might mm -hmm. implement as well, be that search or personalization or, or whatever else. So this data migration team is just like hidden away in the back of the commerce somewhere. How do we access to this? <laughs> do we get our hands? Yeah. How do we get our hands on these look, guys? I don't, yeah. I don't think I've got the answer to oh, it. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I, I just said that's really interesting, and uh, I, I asked a, I asked a question around what they actually do in terms of data migration. So um, the information that I feel like I got back was, well, you know, we're very experienced at doing it, but um, from from our position as a as an agency doing projects, you think, well, that's great if you could get. Their data, migra data migration team mm. in early to get yeah, the data yeah. into the platform so that you can start, you know, maybe even while you're going through discovery and design, yeah. if you're actually working around that to solve some of the problems. I did feel like, and probably should, maybe it's one for us to clarify with them as a team, but it felt like, you know, to manage expectations, it would be the migration of the data they would take care of that. It didn't feel to me like, I mean, look, they're not going to know the product catalog, no, just like no. we're not going to know the product yeah. catalog for the customer. It is the responsibility of the customer. It has to be. Yeah. Uh, so the let's just say the it, I think we would all be expecting too much if that migration included uh, cleansing of that data and enrichment of that data. That's still going to be the job of someone that um, it, it should be a part of a project. Yeah. But it's so it's so often missed.
Mm. Yeah, it's true. Um, I feel like, uh, Pete, you were probably uh, one of the three of us that got to listen to Troy. Yeah. Yeah, so do you want to maybe share with the listeners um, where the roadmap's going, what what was yeah. kind of highlighted, what's been achieved over the last 12 months, what's coming down the tracks? Yeah, sure. Actually, one thing I want to say about Troy, uh, so Troy's one of the product thing he had to do with the product development there. Um, he's... He was very emotional. It was um, he gave a really great speech towards the end, actually, about how um, the Ukrainian team that they've yeah. got basically this year to what they've actually got out the door. They launched multi storefront literally. I think like while the, the war kind of just kicked off in the Ukraine, and it was like it was re- he was obviously really emotional about it, and it, it was just it was great to hear and, and give them props for for getting that out. And can I stop you there and say the same thing about our Ukrainian team as well? Yeah, 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 like it's extraordinary what they've been able to deliver. The team has been able to deliver over there. Um, over the last, uh, I guess, what are we into, like month ten now, maybe at this stage, nine or ten, um, yeah, it, 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 it uh, we we live uh, over here in the UK and Ireland, somewhat of a sheltered life, I think it's fair to say, and seeing the images beamed up on the screen um, at the partner summit of what some of those folks over there are going through, it's it's kind of hard to reconcile. Hundred percent, and the, the fact—I mean, the fact they still can get on with their jobs. Again, we know it from other team we've got in Ukraine. It's like it's just unbelievable what they can still deliver. Yeah. Like there's people yeah. with bombs going off outside, and they're still working away delivering products. Like I mean, maybe it's to take the mind off. I don't know, but it, it, but the quality of the product that's coming out as well. Yeah. Like you know, it was unbelievable. So yeah, that was it was it was great. It was a great um sort of sort of speech that he gave. I guess some of the things that he talked about. So again, he talked about launching multi storefront earlier this year. He got out the door. Uh, I think it was sort of kind of March time this year. Um. One thing, the kind of things they talked about in the, the product roadmap are kind of enhancing multi-store, multi-storefront now. So they're talking about, up until now, it's going to be very much about focus about, you know, maybe launching sub-brands. Uh, if, you're, if your business got like, you know, different kind of, uh, particular business within your company, they talk about getting it out for that. But now they're talking about like, about some like localized content for like different regions. So if you're going to be, um, I don't know, selling in Germany and France or whatever, multi-storefront now allow you to, or will when it comes available, will allow you to actually get localized the content which isn't currently available. Also localizing the checkout payment options again, which yeah. you can't currently do with multi storefront. Is that gone to private beta now? Is that is that where? They're yeah, at? there's yeah there's um there's a few bits that are, there's some close it's closed beta and it's going to be available early next year. So they said, but again, this is become a roadmap. We have to caveat with this that it's never there till it's there. Yeah. So just for anyone listening, yeah, they, they don't make any promises, but they're supposedly yeah closed beta and then it'll be publicly available or general general availability next year, early next year. We'll see if that makes the cut. Well, yeah, it's it's something <laughs> in that, the edit. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh. I mean, multi store was great. It was a great launch. It was great to get it out there finally. But there, there is some kind of big gaps so for, for you know merchants that want to use it to the full extent, go full international. Then it is unless you go in headless, and um, it's it's not been quite there. But these these sound really exciting. So that's that's the you know, transaction stuff in the checkout. Again, content is great. Um, another thing they talked about was uh, multi-location inventory, which we've been, again, crying out for for a long, long time. Uh, again, that's going to be a closed beta for quite a while. Actually, they said it's one of the biggest closed betas they've actually ever had and people taking part in it. Um, so that is going to allow merchants to who want to do like buy, a buy online paying store or you click and collect. Um, it's not fully going to support like um, multiple warehouses right now. It's, its main focus is around kind of like the store locations yeah. and looking at stock availability within those stores. Um, again, we think there's probably ways around that using the APIs they've made available to kind of will in some way or shape or form support multi-warehouse, but not, not natively. Uh, but that's, again, we've been waiting for that for a while. So that's that's a huge win. Uh, and then there was some other stuff really around B2B. So obviously they bought Bundle B2B, they bought B2B Ninja as well. Um, they make some enhancements to B2B edition uh, late this year as well, early next year, which is going to be around making it multi-storefront compatible, making it compatible with headless. 
they're also changing um giving you more control over the kind of like uh, the look the kind of look and feel of the kind of my account area mm. uh, and some of the options you've got around there so yeah i mean they were the three i guess key things um that, that, that again everyone's kind of been waiting to hear about again still not there but it's um coming it's it's coming it's coming we don't know when but it's coming um they really are kind of like turning into the magento of the SaaS world aren't they like it's you know have we been dodging around using the word the using the m word up till now but <laughs> they, like it I, like it, it's no it's no um uh surprise to anybody that brent kind of you know spoke about that openly in his keynote like that's what they set out to do back in 2015 yeah. 2016 to to make themselves kind of relevant and just with the list of things that you've just spoken about there, like all those things are obviously natively avail available within Magento, yeah. but obviously in a, in a monolithic platform. So um, they seem to be combining the best of, you know, um, being open and um, uh, integratable as well as being able to offer some of those kind of like native monolithic capabilities, um, but within a SaaS, SaaS uh, product. Yeah. Um, I guess that kind of wraps it up for me. Have you guys got any final sort of takeaways you want to talk about? Anything you want to mention that you took away from the event or feel we've covered it? I'd say just uh, just to credit them again for a really good event. Um, very, very well supported. Uh, makes me think as, a, as an agency person that Space 48 couldn't be in a better place mm -hmm. right now than the, uh, the you know, that be, being surrounded by that community, that direction of travel for... Uh, the platform, the direction of travel for big commerce as a as a as a business as well. I think it's something that aligns with us as a as a partner very very well. So um, yeah, just credit them again for a good event um, and and a great group of people as well. Yeah, they've assembled some team there. I think we overlook that sometimes, but we mentioned different names. You know, I mentioned there obviously Troy. I mentioned Megan before. I mentioned Minaj, Brent, Minaj, um, Aaron that's come in, and Sheehan as well. You yeah, know, so yeah. this is a really impressive team. That they've that they've created you know created or brought together there the, the, that that team and I think um, and Jim and Mark Howes and the list goes this on just goes on it's Frank. It, it's like um you know it's a almost like a fantasy football team <laughs> in the e-commerce world isn't it so you know all all credit to them for that and there's then you know no no wonder that if you assemble such a great team like that that they're having such success so I think that perhaps get overlooked sometimes when we talk about the product improvements or the technology partnership yeah. it actually is back down to the people that have delivered against it <clears throat> all the way back to as you mentioned steve in 2015 where you know brent's, brent's uh summarized where his thoughts were at and how he came in and what he found and you know um i don't think there's any surprise that they're doing so well in York when you when you think about that team that they've got sure. the one thing that i kind of took away from it was that um maybe in contrast to um the shopify event that we were at earlier on in the week was maybe the need and i think to a certain extent kind of tom on our team is kind of fulfilling the void of attempting to build a developer community around the platform in emia um but like i think there's there's a, there would there's a huge opportunity because of the open architecture that they've created and the fact that like we ourselves obviously are building a, like a bunch of apps to support kind of maybe some of the non-native capabilities that big commerce doesn't have in in tom's team but what i think what tom is doing particularly well is reaching out to the developer community i think we've we've, be, we've been involved in the hackathon most recently we've run our own developer uh, online event i think you know covid notwithstanding coming back in like some awful way in winter it will be amazing early part of next year to see a you know a developer focused event in EMEA like a shout out to the to the 
to the team in big commerce if they could make that happen like sometime next year um i think that would be because again like the the success of the platform is going to be an educated community and a, and a community willing to give up their time and their career to moving the platform forward and because they are very much open sas like it, it is it, you could model yourself on the way you know space 48 in the past have run like mage titans there have been a number of meet magento events over the years that have you know had like really specific specific developer content mm -hmm. and i don't think big commerce have kind of hit that yet and that to me is kind of like the the missing piece of the puzzle for them and a real opportunity to to develop a collaborative community around the platform mm -hmm. and, I, and then i think it's like you know yeah the fuel is in the rocket ship then really like it's 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 takeoff time because if they get you know a cohort of 750 a thousand really committed developers across multiple markets in europe um you know the sky's the limit mm. yeah well we'll wait and see with that let's let's get back together next time next year and see if that's happened so yeah. there's definitely yeah again inklings of it going on so um, but yeah, that's it. Great, guys. That was a really good roundup. Um, I think that kind of nicely rounds up this episode of Spacebar as well. Uh, so thanks for your thoughts again, guys. It's great to have you on. Um, but yeah, that's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until the next time, take care, stay safe, and we'll catch you on the next one. You've been listening to Spacebar, a podcast brought to you by Space48. We're a UK leading CX and e-commerce platform specialist. If e-commerce content's your thing, then please be sure to subscribe to hear more. Do you like what you've heard or is there room for improvement? Please leave us a review and let us know what you think. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode.